Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome one and all to the first of the 2021 preseason SC Talk podcasts for the year. Lakey, joined by you, mate. How are you? I'm doing good, mate. So we told you we were going to be back with a vengeance and here we are. Second oh, mate, time couldn't keep us away. That's it. Oh no, very quick fire pods, these ones. It's been a while. It took us a long time to get that mega guide out, but it's finally uh, hit the shelves. Um, so far, so good in terms of feedback. We haven't had too many uh, any complaints, any suggestions, anything like that. I think we might have done okay for our first runaround, mate. All thanks to you. No, 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 not at all. As I said the other day, I just put some um, pretty pictures with it, so... We appreciate all the feedback we can get and say it has been kind. So thank you to all who have um, bought so far. Um, your money's going to a very good cause in Movember Foundation um, and supporting men's health. So thank you all for supporting that. No, it absolutely is. Can't uh, can't credit them enough. Uh, of course, anyone who's not familiar, the Mega Guide is something that the Supercoach Talk website, uh, myself, Lakey, uh, Wilfred, and Stilesy have all put together over the preseason. There are 140 plus pages of content on every single player in the game, every team, draft rankings, even thanks to the uh, three wise draftmen um, at the back of the guide. There, good stuff for anyone who's playing that uh, aim of the game. Uh, go through all the guns, sleepers, cheapies, busts, basically everything you need to know to get yourself right and get yourself a, a team set for round one of the season, which um, is about 20-odd oh, days away. So it's absolutely flying um, before our very eyes. So we're going to blink and it's going to be Team List Tuesday, mate. Um, firstly, before we get into it, how's your side going? And there's a lot of tinkering going on in the chat that I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing every year, isn't it? You come up with a really good side you're happy with and then you just flick one person so you can get someone else in and that gives you a bit more money and you flick someone else. And then by the end of the day, it looks nothing like you started with. So that's been going on. A lot of that sort of stuff. I've had, you know, Teddy's in, Teddy's out and and various other iterations of teams. But, um, you know, I'll get a couple more of those done by the, the, the Teamless Tuesday, I'm sure. Oh, mate, it's what uh, Supercoach preseason's all about is shuffling every single player under the sun, trying to fit in the guns, trying to fit them all in, and then squeezing some cheapies that we're not quite sure whether they'll play round one. But that's the the name of the game. Hopefully, the Mega Guide, if you've got your hands on it, will help you with a few of those big calls to make there. Anyway, Lucky, this is the first, as we said, of the preseason pods. We're going to get all the riders of the Mega Guide to come on and go through the teams that they were given, uh, go through the guns, sleepers, rookies, and busts for each of them as we gear up to round one. So quite a lot of content to get through. Your first cab off the rank um tell me who are the teams that you've got under your belt well it'll surprise no one to hear that i had the knights um 
and took a look at my beloved Niders down there. Um, also had a good look at the Raiders, uh, the Chooks, and the Tigers. So um, hopefully I've got my head wrapped around those four teams, but I'm sure whatever insight I can't give you, either JT will jump on and steer me correct or some of the pundits down there um, who are the supporters of those teams can point us in the right direction. Fair bit of conjecture about some of those sides coming into the year. Obviously, United's have got a few injury problems. The Raiders, they've got their own off-season problems. The Chooks, well, they go from strength to strength despite losing their halfback from last year. And the Tigers, well, the poor old Tigers have made a couple of uh, signings there, but it looks like a tough old year for them trying to find a, a diamond in the rough. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, mate. So the Tigers, I think they've recruited really well, actually, when I look through their list. Um, they lost a couple of key guys um, in LOA and... Um, one or two others, Benji. Um, but, yeah, they've recruited really well. And they got um, Tamau in to replace LAA and got Joe O down there from Brisbane. So they've got a couple of really good guys and um, brought in Dane Laurie as well um, as, a, as a young kid to play fullback for him once he gets his shot. So I think they've done well. But as you said, it's still going to be a tough year for him. It is. It's going to be. A, it could be a, a long year if they don't get their act together. The poor old Tigers. Hopefully, they break that ninth curse coming into twenty twenty one. Before we get into those teams, let's just go a quick around the grounds because obviously, as we said on the Sunday pod that we dropped to debut the Mega Guide, it's been an absolute um, pain in the you know what trying to get this thing out with the number of changes and signings and injuries and every little uh, which way that the NRL off season could go. Um, it just seems to pile up on us and it makes it impossible to try and get this thing out. But in the last few days, it's been somewhat quiet. So firstly, yeah. let's go through the injuries, any injuries since Sunday. I've had a quick look around. Um, Billy Smith, the poor rooster centre there, he's done his shoulder at training. He's gone for four months. Um, you reminded me just off air, he was one of last year's um, must-buyers for round one before going with injury. So no luck, no luck for poor Billy. Yeah, he's turning into that perennial injured um, player. He say he was in everyone's side leading into last year before doing his ACL in the preseason, and he's and he's um, not not done anything as bad this year. But an out for four months, the kid can't catch a break. No, poor bugger indeed. And Eli Katoa for the Warriors, um, everyone's favourite from last year, probably not so much relevant in 2021, but he's got an eye socket injury that's putting him in doubt for round one. Uh, no other major news coming out, thankfully. Um, touch wood on those injury fronts there. Um, signing news. So obviously the big one was Andrew McCulloch, which we sort of predicted and had in the mega guide anyway. He's going to suit up in Dragons colours come round one. Um, but mate, Cam Smith, does he just love his name in the media or what? He's been spotted at you know, a mudgery bar or somewhere kicking some footies around and now everyone's talking about potentially uh, uh, just, rake of the Titans. It, it all fell in the right spot for for a big drama, didn't it? Let's say he got uh, a groundsman or something, go and saw him and got a photo with him and put it up in social media and everyone said, oh, shit, he's training down there on the Gold Coast and look at all those footies mm-hmm. and, and there's an announcement from the Titans this afternoon and it's going to be about camps. It's just, it's NRL Twitter, NRL off-season in a, in a nutshell, really. <laughs> um, I don't know uh, if you've ever gone down to the park with a footy and you've kicked it and you've got to chase it 100 metres. That's probably why he had all those footies there, that he didn't have to go running after it every five seconds. Well, that's it. I have to you know, bump the paparazzi out of the way any time I go down and, and kick a Cowboys footy around. It absolutely just it just gets you. You can't train in those conditions. Yeah, but, yeah, right. I mean, that would be a massive, massive sign. I mean, if I'm going to put my money on it, which I often do, um, 
I'm going to say Cam Smith doesn't end up at the Titans, but, I mean, if he does, see you later, Mitch Rain. Cam Smith, all of a sudden we're talking about him and Damien Cook and Harry Grant. We're trying to pick one of these guns, let alone a 37-year-old rake um, by the name of Cam Smith. So, I mean, if he was to sign on the dotted line, and he's got three weeks to do it, so, you know, clock's ticking, Cameron. Um, that could be a massive shake-up to the comp. Would you get him? I probably wouldn't. I want to see how he goes with the new team and and getting settled in there. Mm. But it's a bit um, Tom Brady-esque, isn't it? He's had all the luck at the one team his whole career and he's going to go elsewhere and try and prove that he can do it um, with a lesser team, just like Brady did with the Bucks Mm. this year. But it would be some sort of story, but it – you know, we can't go counting our chickens and all that sort of stuff. It, it it would help so many people in that Titans team, but until he gets there, just take it as it is. Cam Smith's retired. Yeah, we'll see exactly what happens come round one team list Tuesday. So that should all be water under the bridge by then. Uh, so that's injuries and signings. Quickly, some of the trials that went on over the weekend. Not a lot here. Sharks and Dragons, um, very much a, a reserve grade feel about this one here. A couple of the Dragons um, stores in the likes of Tarek Sims got around on this one. But on the weekend, um, a bit of a hit out there to open up or get rid of some of the cobwebs. Um, Ball reports, halfback for the Dragons, Trindle played quite well. Um, putting pressure on the likes of Benny Hunt and Corey Norman, who have plenty of question marks on them to begin the year. So good signs in that a, a hopeful future cheapie as early as this year is uh, is going quite strongly there. And, of course, my mighty Cowboys, they got a, a hit out against the Townsville Blackhawks there in a little scrimmage, they called it. I think it was about a 20 30-minute hit out. But some big um, big news coming out of there and that Valentine Holmes was playing outside wing, so Hamizo was playing centre, uh, Scotty Drinkwater at fullback. I think Jake Clifford in at, um, in at half or five-eighth there with Morgo. So, I mean, that's, um, a few people have bandied about the likes of Valentine Holmes in their side come round one, but, geez, if he's on the wing or they're shuffling him around like they're um, uh, sort of talking about, that basically puts a line through him, right? Yeah, mate, he's in my side at the moment and um, he hasn't moved mm. since it opened. But if he's playing, um, if he's not playing fullback, I should say, he he becomes very risky proposition. Um, we've seen what he can do on the wing playing for Australia and for um, uh, Queensland. He's a great finisher and he's a flyer down the outside there. But, it, you know, no offence meant the Cowboys are not a representative side and they're going to find it a lot harder to put points on than um, those those big teams and Holmes is going to find it a lot harder out there. So if he's not playing fullback and getting his hands on the ball as regularly as uh, we'd like him to, you just can't pick him, I don't think. No, exactly. He's a 500K. He'd be a 500K winger, which, you know, round one, start of the season, you just don't go near in general um, unless they're nofo. So, Valentine Holmes, he's not quite up there in terms of super coach um, capable, capability. So, uh, yeah, if that happens to be the case. And also, even if it was just a scrimmage and they're just trialing him out there to, to get him a bit of runs in the legs and he is going to play fullback, that just means there's a risk going forward in the season that they do shift him there. And they've talked about it. So it's not like it's just a theory that super coaches are putting oh, up. And they did um, it last yeah. year, didn't they? So they once he came mm. back from injury and, he, and once he got hurt and stuff like that, they flicked him out wide and tried a few different yep. things. And we all know how that went. It didn't quite work out for his last year. But um, just interesting mm. to know, mate. Did the Blackhawks beat his? 
Uh, I didn't even check the score, mate. Probably absolutely racked up a score on them. I think they've got Jarvid Bowen running around for them, so ex-cowboy there. But uh, no, didn't bother checking the score. I think it was more just a hit and giggle. Get some runs in the legs. Hopefully we got the win, though. Jesus. Uh, and the other interesting one I had, and I put this one on Twitter earlier in the week, Peter Holler, starting second row forward. He's a prop in the game of Supercoach there, but he's trimmed down in the offseason and fighting for a spot in that starting side. Um, Cohen Hess, Mitch Dunn, and Shane Wright, they're the main competition for him. So if he was able to squeeze himself in, 203K prop forward, um, I really like him. He's got a lot of um, got a lot of wraps on him as coming through the grades there at the Cowboys. So if he can get a starting spot there, could be um, yet another cheapie into the forwards. Um, I always complain there's not enough, but there seem to be a, a fair few of them to start this season this year. So anyway, fingers crossed that eventuates. All right, Lakey, let's get into your um, basically your area of expertise here. Let's start with the Newcastle Knights. Let's go through their guns, sleepers, cheapies, and busts, as we've written about in the Mega Guide here. So I'll let you take it away. Firstly, um, who are your guns in the Newcastle Knights season 2021? The guns speak for themselves, mates. Caelan Ponger and David Clemmer are the two big boys there in Newcastle. But where they're going to struggle at the start of the year, where we're going to struggle from a supercoach point of view, is um, Ponger missing for the first four, five, six weeks potentially um, after having off-season shoulder surgery. He... um, he went into late. I mean, he missed the Origin series um, because he was getting that looked at, and then ended up having that done. And, and now he's going to um, miss the a few weeks to start the year, which really hurts because they got a really good start um, as far as their schedule goes. Just having a look, they start with the Bulldogs in round one, um, which is almost a gimme. Um, Sorry, it's taking some time to load. But, yeah, they got a really good run. Um, so you'd just be locking Ponga into your side for that opening run if he was there. Unfortunately, not. Um, but what that Even means... Even at fullback, mate. Yeah, I think so. Um, you got to play what's in front of you, uh, obviously. And um, the, the games they have to start the year, uh, Dogs at home, Warriors away, but at the Central Coast, Tigers at home, Dragons at home, Titans away, Sharks at home. That's, mate, that's, that's a very, very favourable opening draw. Um, not too many final sides in that in that first six weeks. So, Kalen Ponga, um, a kicking fullback, um, he would just be racking up scores. We know what he can do on his day. But not there, so that gives young Texi Hoy uh, a run. So um, he could be the big benefactor. We could be the big benefactors from Ponga's uh, absence by getting a 240K fullback who is a good chance to be potting goals while he's out there. Um, the other gun... Right. Clemmer, what's, um, what's the likelihood? How long's Ponga out for? Well, the latest reports are could be up to seven games. Um it, it's gone back and forth. Right. You know, it's one of those ones. He's pushing for round one. He's most likely out for four weeks. He could be up to seven weeks. There's no real timetable. We don't want to rush him, blah, 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 blah. So there's nothing definitive. Um, but at this stage, it's it's real up in the air. Um, so, I mean, you could start with Tex Hoy. He could last two weeks and Pong would be back and just ruin your plans. But... You know, those are the risks of Supercoach, unfortunately. 
Mm. It's hard to justify so early in the year if there's a guy that possibly could be out of the side within two weeks. And 240K, it's not bargain basement. So it's not like you could then just rely, oh, he's going to get another game down the line here somewhere. He'll make a lot of cash and then you move him on. Tech's always, you know, 70K above bargain basement and no guarantee to stay in the side. Like as much as you said, the upside. It's a bit of a bit of a gamble there. So fair few with well, him in this gamble. side. So they might be um, keeping a close eye. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Ctex always has played um, as utility. He's played at fullback and he's played in the halves for the Knights in, in the last twelve months. And that's where the Knights are pretty deep in that halves now with Pierce and Mann and Blake Green's there, uh, Phoenix Crossland, and um, so that he's he's down the pecking order. In that regard, and um, if Pong is healthy, Hoy won't be seen. So, you know, if you're going to get him in to start the year, you're really banking that Pong is going to be out for an extended time. And it's um, it's just I don't have an answer for you. I've been trolling forums and and you know stalking Barry Tui on Twitter, and there's just nothing out there at the moment. They're <laughs> not putting a timetable on it. They're just letting him do what he wants to do and until he's healthy again. Mm. Mate, let's move on to the props. So we have one A graded um, in the Mega Guide, A graded front row forward in the game here, and that's a, a member of your side. You mentioned him before, David Clemmer. Um, yes. A little higher price to start the year than some of the other props, but um, you back him in? I would. Um, he has been in some iterations of my team. I've gone a bit cheaper there now, but especially with what uh, is going up in, in Broncos land with Payne Haas and he's going to be out for, what is it, four weeks, uh, five weeks maybe. Um, yep. And and there's talk of him uh, losing some minutes and stuff like that. So Clemmer's got a very good chance to become the premier prop in Supercoach. Um, he's averaged 66 in the last two seasons that he's been with the Knights and just been a dominant force there. He gets his offload going, he puts in a ton of work, really leads the side from the front. And, um, you know, he he's always had the potential. I remember um, back in the day at the Dogs when everybody was jumping on him because he was going to be a breakout star, but he's really taken it up to that next level since he's got to Newcastle. And um, he he's... By far and away, um, from round one, he is the best prop available. Yep. No, I mean, hard to argue there. But, I mean, are the Saifidi twins there, are they fit and healthy? Like, what's his minute potential? I mean, 55, he tends to go a bit lower sometimes when um, there's a few good forwards around him. Uh, is he likely to average any higher than the 57 minutes he got last year? Well, he can, obviously. He had 61 in 2019 um, per game. But um, I think with Clemmer, it's one of those things where if he gets around 55 minutes, he'll just up his work rate a little bit. Um, but for the Knights, they can't afford to have him off the field for too long. Um, Dan Safidi has absolutely broken out last year and um, Jacob Safidi is really good um, – as the backup prop off the bench. And um, they've recruited Suaso Sue and they've got Pasami Solo there coming off the bench and those sorts of boys. Um, but they're just not in that same tier that David Clemmer is. So you need him playing at least 55. Um, so I'd see him roughly the same as last year at a minimum. Hmm. 
Okay. No, fair enough. Uh, one of the, the guys you've got here is a sleeper, so it could potentially go um, a little higher than average this year. It's um new signing for you guys, Tyson Frizzell. What, are, what makes you call him a sleeper, mate, or a potential uh, buy? Well, he... Um, we know what sort of basket case the Dragons were last year. And Frizzell had a career best season. Um, I was just having a look through some of the early games for him um, to start the year. And against those teams where he played, uh, where the Knights start off with, Frizzell just torched them. Um, played more of attacking game. We know he's got a huge motor and he never stops trying, but he was just at them um, all year, um, adding the attacking element to his game as well as his defense and um, his work rate. So he he's added that last year at a Dragons that didn't really use him too differently and um, Adam O'Brien's come out in the preseason and said that they want to get him back to a um, attacking force. Um, a direct quote, and I'll put this in the guide. He says, I understand Tyson is always going to take the tough carry for us, but I also see the benefit of using him as an attacking threat. You go back a couple of seasons, he was a real threat off good ball, and I feel we can get back to that without using him as a battering ram. So so they want to give him the ball. They want to give him early ball and use his mm. um, his talent to create opportunities down um, the right-hand side, I believe, he'll be playing. So, yeah. It sounds like he's going to get plenty of opportunity to um, to to um, <laughs> guide the team around. Mm. Yeah, right. I mean, only an absolute diehard Knights fan, I reckon, will have this guy in their side. Uh, come round one, given the price tag. But um, good to know that there's a bit of attacking potential for a couple of years second rowers there. Um, mate, we've talked about a few of the cheapies there. Tex Hoy, um, obviously one of them. Um, before we move to the one I really want to talk about, you've got a sleeper icon against Bradman Best. Yep. Um, so 552K, obviously very pricey. Had a great season last year coming into into the grade. Um, you've rated him a B here. Um, so you reckon he can go higher than this 552? Yeah, I've put him there as a sleeper based on the Knights draw. So he's going to be always going to be in and amongst it. He's got a great attacking game, mm. um, very strong runner of the ball. But as I said, just that opening run, the the Dogs, the Tigers and, and co, it, it sets up the Knights for big scoring games. And I think Bradman will be one of the main benefactors of that. Um, we've seen what he can do on his day. He's knocked out a couple of hundreds in what was essentially his rookie year. So another preseason under the belt, a, um, a full year of NRL behind him, he's going to be better for it. So he could get you off to a flyer, um, which is why I've got him as a sleeper. So, mm. you know, if I'm a big believer in starting with a quality, at least one quality center wing. Um, you know, I know plenty like to save their coin in that position, but I think you've got to have one mm. solid um, proposition there. And Bradman Best could get you off to a flyer, and you could upgrade him to someone um, with a better draw after you know six, seven weeks. Yeah. No, fair call. I mean, I, I agree with the thing about having the quality center wing. I think that makes it so invaluable and everyone's trying to stack cheapies into the side there. But I would um, say that comes with a bit of a risk because I had Jesse Ramian last year as my um, uh, you know, h- higher priced 
sort of center wing there and he sort of flopped. So, I mean, he's Bradman, but he's no um, Bradman best. He's 555K for a reason. So I like it there. Only question mark I would have is the fact that you've got a, a Mitch Pierce who's got up to a bit of uh, mischief in the off season and no Kalen Ponga for potentially two months. So, I mean, that, that could hinder the attacking ability of the Knights, wouldn't you say? It could. It could. It could also mean more um, attacking chances for best because Ponga's not running it himself and mm-hmm. and those sorts of opportunities. So it could go either way. I think the Knights are not going to be as um, as free-flowing as they probably would be with Ponga at the back. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, he does demand a lot of attention from oppositions but um you know best could get his hands on the ball a little bit more we know ponga loves floating over to the left and throwing a cutout ball to his to his wingers um you know oh, we saw that with fitzy last year he just kept getting decoy run but um so best could get a few of those off kurt man or um you know cross kicks from piercy hmm. okay fair cool um Mate, big one for me here, and a guy that I've got in actually is my starting hooker. So that goes to show just how cheap I've gone there. Wow. Connor Watson, um, a lot bandied about him in the preseason here. Um, he's a bit of a mystery. He's got a, you know, he's so low, 288K, but we know what he can do in the game. Uh, you've got him down here as a, a cash count, an A rated one at that. He's got a, a, I would say an A minus potentially. Yes. Anyway, available at five eighth and hooker. Um, but but talk to me about him. So what's uh, what what are we likely to see from him from round one? Well, all the talk down uh, from the hunter is that Watson's pretty much booked into the number thirteen uh, to start the year. So Mitch Barnett obviously has um, is the incumbent there, but um, there was talk that Barnett was going to be moved out to the left um fitzy would be pushed back to the bench and watson would be brought in as a um a ball playing lock sort of thing and everyone you know myself included i was a bit skeptical on that but now fitzy's out for at least a month with an injury um so i think that's all, all but locked in uh it's the best makeup they have now of um of the players they've got available so Looks like Watson's going to be starting the year in the 13. He'll get some, you know, at least 60 minutes there, possibly more depending on what's happening with the hooker rotation with Jaden Braley. So he might roll out and Watson can slip in there for a little bit. Um, but mm. at, at 288, 289K, um, he's just an automatic lock. You've got to get him, don't you? We know what he can do on his day. He has some huge games, um, and the, the reason he's so low is because of multiple injury-affected games, which basically ruined his entire 2020. He, he went off after scoring nine points in one game and six points in another or something like that, and it's kept his his price way down. Yeah. I mean, you've got to take those sort of uh, chances so early in the year with a guy that's, you know, 289K and he could start the year averaging 55 plus um, based on where he's playing. So if you missed out on that, um, you might as well just reset team and, and go again. I think um, Connor Watson seems to set and forget as they come. Fingers crossed Teamless Tuesday doesn't throw up any surprises. But um, I think even regardless of where he plays, as long as he's in that starting side, uh, is good to know. Uh, quickly, mate, I will wrap up with some of the busts out of the Knights here. You've got a couple down here, quick ones on them. So uh, Daniel Sofidi you've got down as a bust. Why is that? Just because I don't think he's got the value that he has last year. He's obviously broken out last year. 
Um, and he's just jacked up his price, rightly so. He had a killer year for us, um, but there's no upside in choosing him at 560K. He's pretty much at the top end of his value. Um, so mm. if anything, he's uh, a regression candidate. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mitchell Pierce. Woof. Jeez, not going anywhere near him. Uh, why is that? No, it's... I think his name could have been raised in that um, there's not too many halves. You know, we spoke about this on Sunday, um, just gone, but Nathan Cleary is the clear standout in the position. You've got DCE and probably Moses as the next tier down. Uh, SJ is out hurt, and so Pierce is probably, you know, tier three in that. But he's just going to disappoint you. Either he's going to screw up with his head off the field or he's going to mm-hmm. put in a stinker on the field. And I'd say just steer clear for your own sanity. Mm. Big head or little head. Uh, but, yeah, he had like a, a weirdly good run. Was it two years ago where he just pulled 70-plus scores out of his backside for about two months and then just regressed to the usual Mitchell Pierce? So I think it was probably the one and only time he was ever relevant in the game. So I think um goes without saying a fair bit of um, head noise in that uh, Mitchell Pierce noggin at the moment. All right, mate, that's the Knights done. Let us move on to your second team, and that would be the Canberra Raiders. So, unfortunately, couldn't um, couldn't get the job done again last year. They've got such a great side. They've lost Johnny Bateman in this offseason here. Uh, but let's go through some of their guns, if any, and uh, any A players that you've got down in the mega guide. No, none for the Raiders, I don't think. they've uh, closest they've got to a gun is Josh Papali. And that's not saying they don't have good players. The whole team is really strong. Um, but they're a very balanced side. And as far as super coach goes, the points get spread around a bit. Um, but, yeah, Papali is, as I just spoke about with Clemmer, um, being the premier um, front rower. But Papali's just a touch below that. He's um, still averaged, you know, over 60. So that's in gun territory. Cost you 560K, but he sort of goes on these runs where he'll score four or five tries in the course of, you know, five games and mm. bump up his price and, you know, knock out a couple of hundreds, but then, you know, potter around that 55 to 60 mark for the rest of the year. So he's more a stable option. Um, he's not going to go break um, records by any means, but he's not going to let you down too much either. Um, hmm. But, you know, so again, it's one of those picks that it, it's very vanilla. You know, I guess it's not going to, um, no one's going to talk you out of it, but at the same time, no one's going to talk you into him either. And I just wonder as well, with the whole boxing thing that he went on in the off season, does that impact his early season fitness as well? Does he get reduced minutes um, as he gets back into sort of normality with training for the rugby league side of things? So does that um, potentially impact him there? I'm not too sure. But yeah, as you said, I mean, he's not going to grow too much. He's going to probably sit around that 550k mark um, for most of the year. So if you want that want that sort of um, stability early on, by all means. But um, I think, as you said, there's uh, this is the type of year to go pretty hard at some cheapies and, and some value growth there. So uh, I can understand the going for Josh Papali, but I think his minutes aren't going anywhere. So no, it's not right. a lot of room to grow. Any other guns? No, no real guns. Um, there was a couple of guys I had my eye on in um, uh, fallen guns, so to speak. So Jordan mm. Rapana and Jared Croker. Um, Croker's 
he's another one in that same sort of injury dilemma where we don't know if he's playing or if he's not. There was talk of him missing a month. Um, then he was pushing for round one. Then the next breath out was that he's going to be missing a month again. So I don't know. I just don't know whether he's going to be there. I was interested in him. The Raiders have another another team with a really good run to start the year. Um, so I thought they could put um, a couple of scores up and, and Croak is just a sharpshooter with the boot. So he's getting some freebies in that regard. But um, obviously he's out, so um, there's not even no it's point in looking at him. Yeah. Under 400K, though, for Jared Croker. I mean, this guy's a for, like, for a number of years there. He was an out-and-out gun for Supercoach. He's regressed a little bit over the last couple of years. Maybe that's age. Maybe it was the knee injury he suffered at Cloudland uh, 2018 post-my-work function uh, when I stared down into his very eyes as he crumbled beneath me post-knee surgery. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a good sign. But, uh, yeah, he hasn't really kicked on since then. Uh, apologies, Jared. Uh Apologies for tripping you over and possibly uh, costing your super coach career. But, yeah, nonetheless, 400K for a fallen gun uh, when he eventually does get back into the side there. Could be a smoky um, if he can manage to find his fitness and find his form. So interested to, to watch him this year. I think, yeah, he may, hopefully he turns the corner. He's not old by any any means. So I think there's uh, there's definitely potential there. Um, you've got down in here in the predicted 17, Matthew Tomoko. Uh, sheepy, I, th- I can't remember if he's bargain basement or not. No, but, um, he's about 200K. Said, yeah. I mean, like with Tex Hoyer, risk there, given that his spot on the side is by no means sewn up. No, that's right. And say with the talk that um, Croker would be pushing for round one, he seems to think he's a lot closer than what the club does. So hmm. he could be back sooner than, you know, those four weeks that they're expecting him to be out for. So I don't think you can go with Tomoko at even at 203K um, hmm. unless he's getting a, a bit more of run than we're expecting to or he just um, – but, I mean, there's the other side of the field too. Kotrick's gone. So there's a, yep. a position there to be replaced. Um, Simonson seems like the front runner for that position at the moment from what I've um, heard through the um, through articles and reports that have come out in the preseason. So Simonson looks like he's going to be taking that, but Tomoko's hot in his heels, so they could change over the next couple of trials. Hmm. I mean, after Simonson's early year uh, 2019 where he sort of started slow, got bumped out of the side after round one, came back basically with a vengeance. He was quite strong. He was a very – I think I had him from round one last year as well, and he didn't quite kick on. He's 205K and likely to find himself in the, the Raiders' starting wing spot there. Um, the Raiders, by all means, are a pretty handy attacking unit there. So 205K for a winger like Simonson, who's not a rookie, I guess you wouldn't call him. Now, uh, are you squeezing him into your center wing to start the year? Absolutely. I think you do have to. Um, if he is starting on that wing, so it's obviously – depending on TLT, but as a rookie, he played 18 games for a 38 average and um, played seven last year, a um, couple injury-affected games, I believe, um, the shoulder injury in round nine, and um, which ruined his year, but it, it knocked him out on 23 um, points per game. So he's already 15 points discounted on what he had in his rookie season. He's going into his third year um which you know the old third year breakout candidate so a mm. couple of um as long as his health is there i think you've got to start with him if he's running out in round one yep 
No, agreed. I think at that price, you can't really argue with it. There's not much to lose, is there? Um, might be a bit more to lose with this guy here. Jordan Rapani, you've got him down as a sleeper candidate here. He's likely to find himself either center or the wing. Um, 371K, this guy can probably go as high as 600 on his day. Um, anything that you'd like f- from him to start the year for? Uh, again, it, it was dependent on the starting um, the starting run that the Raiders have, but he also finished the year pretty well. He had a couple of 70s, um, then a couple of 30s, then a couple of 60s in his last six games uh, of 2020. Classic so, Rapana. Very, very Rapana-ish. And, um, but it just it showed that he was still got it, I guess, and he still can produce it on his day. So what I looked at with Rapana is he had that – that weird start to the year where he left the Raiders because of all the um, uncertainty with COVID and he was going over to play Japanese rugby for a little while and they weren't going to let him come back mid-season, blah, 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 blah. But then that competition got the boot, so he was back. And, you know, whether he was completely underdone because he hadn't done any preseason here or he'd put on weight because he was going over there to play rugby a bit and. So he's come back and he didn't look like himself. He played off the bench for a few games. He was shuffled around in different spots. He was over on the um, on the left outside Croker at some stages when he's used to playing on the right where he was a part of Leipana. So mm. he was just shuffled around. And then the back end of the year, he started looking a little bit better. Um, so I, I just think that it was a rough year for him and it could be that he gets back to being himself this year. So, you know, he, he's potentially, what was he averaging, 70s back in 2017, 2016, something like that. Um, not that he'll go that high again, but I could see a 50-55 average for him the year. Mm. Yeah, which is enough to make a fair bit of cash at that um, that initial starting spot there. So a bit of a gamble, but um, as you said, the run looks pretty good. So who knows? It's not the highest priced. A um, couple of ones I wanted to talk on here with the Raiders, probably not much else here, but a um, bit of conjecture we did mention at the start of the pod. So Corey Horsburgh and um, actually I don't know if we mentioned this at the start of the pod, can't remember. Uh, Corey Horsburgh and uh, Harawir and Iris, CHN, they got into a bit of mischief off the field with some drink driving charges there. Everyone sort of had them the red line through their names to start round one. Um, Ricky Stewart's come out only just this afternoon and said that he never actually said that. So there's still question marks about whether they'll line up, but they've got to earn the spot back um cory horsburgh probably a bit too high priced and a bit awkward in that spot there but harrowir anara i reckon he'll have a lot of fans if he can suit up in round one what do you like about him yeah i mean there was only two years ago when he's at the dogs he was just tearing the competition apart he had a huge year at the panthers the year before that as well so we know he can get it done um but I, he just dug himself a massive hole at the moment, hasn't he? After the Bulldogs scandal of 2020, um, and then he left there and he, he bad-mouthed the club on the way out, and then he's gone to the Raiders and high-range drink driving. So it's not like he was just caught over the limit. He was mm-hmm. blind from all reports. Um, and so he's just really, really towing the line at the moment. But... Um, if he can jag a starting spot, and I think he's facing an uphill battle to get that starting spot, but at 300K and we know he can average in the 60s um, as he did in 2019, he's 25K, you know, discounted, uh, 25 mm. points per game discounted, sorry, and um, 
that's a huge, huge um, potential for growth there. And especially because they've lost John Bateman from that very position. So you've gone from that um, attacking flair, sort of back roller, throws the ball around, gets all the hard work done. You've got Harawir and Ira, who's very, a very similar player. So it looked like a pretty seamless fit. And we all know what um, Bateman did in this game. Remains to be seen whether CHN can keep that sort of um, that form up. But, geez, if it wasn't for this bloody drink driving thing and, you know, much like his women, they he just needs to grow up. Um, and unfortunately, it's found himself in some hot water. But, geez, if he finds himself in that round one spot, um, I think, it, you know, it goes without saying he's an absolute buy at that price there based on what we've seen before. But um, obviously, Teamless Tuesday will reveal all. He might have um, just done us a favour as well, mate. So he might have just done himself out of a starting spot to start the year. He'll be pushed through for the bench, um, remain steady around that 300K for a couple of weeks and then maybe earn a starting spot after a few weeks when we can mm. jump on him as a downgrade. No, fair call. That wouldn't be the worst option at all. And we all need to move on um, some of our poorer picks after that sort of round four or five mark. So it could be, yeah, definite downgrade option there. Well well put. Um, and finally here for the Raiders, Ryan James. So got a lifeline from the, the Raiders here after um, falling on some pretty rough injuries there. He's gotten a, um, a spot here potentially on their bench. Um, not sure how he'll go with Dynamis Louis and um, Josh Papali in the starting prop spots there. But um, yeah, does he play second row? Does he play prop? Um, have you heard much about where he's likely to land? No. Um it's all very up in the air. I've been trolled, as I said before, I was looking through the Raiders forums and they're all divided. Like the fans are all divided on where James is going to end up suiting up. Will he actually been in the 17? Some of them have him outside the 17, but I don't think you sort of recruit someone of the caliber of Ryan James just to have him playing in the Reggies. Um, mm. I can see him being a bench prop and getting 35 to 40 minutes and at a, um, you know, he generally goes at 0.9 to 1 ppm and at 40 minutes that's um you know 100 100k profit that you'll be getting mm. if you start with him and again just over basement price 236 for Ryan James you'd be jumping at that any other year but um back to back ACLs it's just a huge risk and there's a lot of guys running through that Raiders rotation as you said Louis um, Papali, they've had their spots locked up. You've got Horsborough, who's now potentially mm-hmm. going to be there. Sutton, Young, um, you've got Emre Gula as well. And so all these guys um, have some right to uh, a spot in the 17 somewhere. Um, and it's just up to Ricky on the, on the day as to mm. who he goes with. That's it. Well, 27 break even for Ryan James means if he's coming off the bench and getting, you know, as you said, 35, 40 minutes at a point per minute, he's going to make you, you know, 50, 60K. Whether that's enough to justify a spot in the round one side, in your super coach side from round one, it's hard to say. But um, I think, we, you know, I think a lot of people will be sucked in by the name and the, the pedigree that he's got. But as you said, there's a lot of question marks about him. Anything you want to touch on before the Raiders, with the Raiders before we move on? Uh, I don't think so. Um the only other thing I can think of is with Croker out, looks like Georgie Williams be kicking, um, but mm. that's not going to be enough to warrant picking him um, as a halfback only option. There's, as I said, there's better options there. Um, I think he's roughly the same price as Mitch Moses, and I don't think you're taking George Williams over Mitch Moses, are you? 
No, unless you're an absolute pod hunter um, right from the get-go. Could be could be a risk there. All right, we'll take a quick break, Lakey, and then we'll come back to go through your last two teams, the Roosters and the Tigers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Alrighty, Lakey, we're in the home stretch here. You've got two more teams, the Chooks and the Tigers. Let's start with the Roosters here. Um, guns, sleepers, busts, uh, rookies. I think the guns goes without saying. There's one do name they, on everyone. The Roosters do have any guns? Uh, I think they've managed to squeeze a couple of good name players in that uh, that large hat that they tend to wear. But um, the number one guy? The number one guy, isn't it? He was outstanding. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was a horrible, horrible watch as a non-owner last year, I must tell you. You're making that same mistake again? I am at the moment. Um, really? Oh. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Good luck. Yeah. It's a bit, he, 95.2 points per game across 17 games. It's not like uh, Charlie Staines who came in and played two games and one of them was 140. Um, this is a legitimate 95 average um, second best average of all time. Um, Corey Parker had a 96, I think, in 2011. Um, it's just insane the amount of points he just picked up just for being on the field. He seemed to get a line break for crossing the sideline on, on kickoff. It's unbelievable. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of conjecture in the community from those non-owners, but uh, I think the best solution is just to own the bloke. That's it. As I say, there's a, there's a huge argument to be made uh, about just locking him in from round one and saving your mental health from having to watch games without him. But um, <laughs> you know, 840k. That's you know, that's so expensive. That is ridiculously expensive. That's about 200k more expensive than anybody else in the on the market. Hmm. Uh, it is, but I mean, you're paying the premium for a reason. As you said, it's not like he's a flash in the pan. So he's the kind of guy that I think at some point during the year, everyone is going to have in their side. So maybe you just you know cut out the middleman and go from round one, save a trade. Yeah, and I say I'm not going to talk anybody out of it. Honestly, it's um, if you're going to lock Teddy in, lock Teddy in. It's going to not going to backfire on you. I mean, there's a few guys I'd say you build your team around um, from round one in Supercoach, and I think it just means like, I mean, Teddy's not going to score 20 points. There's no no risk that out of nowhere he has a really terrible year. So there's two players, I reckon Nathan Cleary and James Tedesco. You put those two in your side from round, from you know, pick one, pick two, um, and then you go from there. You squeeze whatever you need to get 
from there. I reckon that's probably the safest way to play the game. No, no mucking around. Just get both of them in. You're going to have them at some point. Why not round one? Yeah. Yep. No arguments here. I mean, if you don't have them on the flip side, you can fit in a few more guns. Um, but again, like at some point, you're going to have to make up that uh, make up that 800k. So I think Teddy basically goes without saying. Um, anyone else from the Roosters that you've got in your gun list? Angus Crichton. Um, yep. He. We know what he can do. He was a beast at the Rabbitohs. Came across to the Roosters and sort of started slow, but then turned it on again at the back end of last year, and now is. Uh, I think with him, Maddo and Tom Alolo are the, the very top three options in that position and there's a real case to be made for starting with each of them um, and I think you've got to start with at least two to start mm-hmm. the year. Um, and, and so Crichton, he's locked up the the starting position now. Um, you know, started, was it last year, he started off the bench behind Orbison Um and Not then, for long, but um, no. Yeah, but he said, we ended up coming on for Cordner after a couple of rounds. Who, who's obviously had a couple of head knocks and, and is struggling with his his health there. So Crichton went on on the right hand side. Um, sorry, on on Cordner's left, and then switched back over to the right for um, once Orbison needed replacing. So he's now locked up that position, and um, it, it, he won't be you know, starting on the bench where he's only going to get 20 minutes and 20 points sort of thing. So he'll be playing 80 from round one and it's tough to leave him out. It is really tough to come up with a case to not have him from round one. Yeah, exactly. 671K probably puts him, I think, at the top end of uh, second row forwards. But again, you're paying that price for a reason. I think he's delivered in uh, more than enough seasons now to show that he's a genuine out-and-out gun particularly in a side that everyone expects to feature quite heavily in the back end of the year. Yeah, so um, you did in the second Boyd. row. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I was just saying in the second row, the only man that's more expensive than him is um, Cam McInnes. And, um, yeah, right. Well, that who's, makes that decision easy. Exactly right. We've already cursed him out for everybody. So, <laughs> so the banner strikes. Yeah, again. Um Mate, Boyd Cordner, obviously he's out for an indefinite period of time with that concussion. Victor Radley, he looks set to come back from that nasty knee injury last year, unfortunately caused him an early uh, end to his year. But um, firstly, Victor Radley, do you see much um, in the way of super coach relevance from him? Yeah, he sort of started off last year and looked like he was going to have a breakout year, didn't he? Um, had a couple of really good mm-hmm. games, then did his knee in round seven and then about I don't know, five minutes later, Sam Verrills did his knee in the same game. Um, mm. Tough, tough game for the Roosters, Horrible. that one. But, um, yeah, Radley, I mean, when guys start slow or return slow from ACLs, um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see him take a bit of time to get back into it. And there was talks, I think, from the man himself in an interview only a week or so ago that said that he could be starting off the bench in the first couple of games um, just mm. to get, you know, some run back in the legs. So I did see that, yep. yep. Yeah, if that's the case, you can't start with him. He could drop a few points, but he could be someone you jump on once he gets back into the starting 13 um, jumper. 
That's exactly right. And as you said, the same for um, CHN before. Like if a, a guy like Victor Radley's you know, cutting some time off the bench there, eating into his minutes, then hopefully he drops a few uh, tens of thousands and, and we pick him up later at a discount. So, I mean, good for Supercoach and good. He'll be on the rise with a bit of uh, freshness in the legs. I'd imagine someone like Isaac Liu probably fills the void at lock there. He's a ready-made, um, ready-made edge forward or, or lock forward there for the Shooks. Um Jake Frenzy so did mention Sam Verrills last year was filling in time as deputy there until he did um, obviously ended his season early as well. Um, Verrills, is he healthy to start the year and is he therefore likely to eat into Jake Friend's potential to hit 80 minutes? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's the same as Radley. As I said, they both did the ACLs in the exact same game. They're both on track for a round one berth this year. Um, Verrills' spot in the team is as the utility off the bench. Um and we just know, like, friend is too injury prone to not have someone there um, to fill him in. And the Chooks don't have a lot of, um, I guess, Radley is someone who could jump in at a pinch and play hooker. But mm. there's no Nathan Browns in this side who can, you know, go from their lock position really and play 60 minutes as a hooker if need be. Um so you've got to have someone on the bench that can come in for Jake Friend. So if it's not Vic, um, Verrills, it's going to be uh, young um, Lussick, uh, Freddie Lussick, who's just come over. I believe he's um, Englishman, um, but don't quote me on that. But um, oh, Okay. I'll, yeah, uh, I will quote you because I'm going to Google that while you continue speaking. Yes. And I'll be wrong. I'll be 100% wrong, I'm sure of it. But, you know, he played a couple of games last year off the bench as well. Um, and, you know, he won't – he's outside the top 30. But if injuries strike again, he will he should earn promotion and he should be around there somewhere. From Beacon Hill, New South Wales. Yeah, so, that's so pretty close. Strong English blood there. Um, mate, there's uh, not a lot of guns outside of, um, as you said, Crichton and Tedesco speak for themselves. A couple of sleepers that you've got here. Um, go through them quickly. So Luke Keary in the halves, always a risk. This guy, similar to a Cody Walker, you've got to get on at the right time. From round one, is it the right time? No. Well, I think Keary's one of those guys that you know he's going to average around 60. Um, so you're going to ride his 140s and his 17s, yep. 15s. So if you want a 60 average, you just lock him in and then forget about what he does on a week-to-week basis because you just know what you're going to get at the end of the year. But um, it's it's a wild ride. Mm. No, it is. I think uh, Stasi would love it, but a bit of a draft pick more than a, a regular super coach pick, I think. If you're going for those, yeah, he's a bit too up and down to keep in your side for too long. He's a frustration. He's a perfect um, and- backup guy um, and playing yeah. as matchups um, present themselves. But you can't lock him in from round one as your main 5'8 um, or halfback, I don't think. No, not for 521k. It's a it's a huge risk to take. Uh, another sleeper you've got here, mate, Joseph Manu. So you can never get this guy right. He just looks the goods in NRL sense of things. Then you come to Supercoach and he scores 40s more often than he does anything else. So very hard character to read. Do you like anything about him for 2021? Yeah, I just I like that he's got better and better every year. Um, he started obviously as a rookie what four or five years ago. Had a 33 average. The following year, he bumped that up to 41, then 44, 49, and then 56 last year. He mm. um, He's just getting better and better each and every year. And, you know, you only got to watch the uh, end of year test against the Aussies in 2019, and he 
absolutely torched us. He was the best on ground for that game and just showed what he can do. And then, you know, a couple of games this year with um, Teddy out and Manu took over at fullback and, you know, knocked out hundreds with ease. So he's got the game there. He just sort of gets hidden out in the centres and and passed over by better guys, I suppose, in this team. But if he gets an an opportunity, um, he could be a real uh, sleeper pick for you where he could, you know, break out in a big way. Yeah, I mean, if Teddy goes down and Manu goes to fullback, I think it goes without saying. Just get him in. Uh, I think he's got a proven track record in that spot there. Another one here, mate, Siasua Takiyaho. So he's a sleeper. Potentially got the goal-kicking duties from round one. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, he should have. He was the backup last year to Flanagan. Um, so Takiyaho should take it over this year from all reports. But as a prop, he's playing, you know, 55 minutes a game. Um yeah, average 57 minutes a game last year. So that's another 23 minutes that they're going to be without their first-choice kicker. Um, and just because he needs a little bit of added points to his name, there's the rumours floating around that Tedesco is going to take over from Takio when he's <laughs> I did see that. Can you imagine? I know. million-dollar right? player. Jesus Christ. Mm. But no, I like I like SST. He's always a, a tough one. I don't think he's ever been you know, super consistent because you know one thing he gets injured or he loses the kicking, whatever it might be. But if he's got it regularly, and I know last year he started with the flyer, so um, potentially could be ripe from round one here to to get on board early. Good uh, good pot, I reckon. Um, the final one here I've got down on the sleepers for you, Satili Tupanua. So he's got the second row spot locked in. I'm pretty sure. Um, Played the 18 games last year, average of 45. Spent a lot of his time coming off the bench, though. So it looks to have nailed down a spot at 410k. Do you back him in um, as a super coach option? I do and I don't. Um, very reliant on attacking stats is Tupanua. He's not a huge worker, um, but he filled in for corner last year um, and his 46 average for the season. When he started in 10 games, he averaged 56. So um, there was a couple of huge games in there. I think one game he, he scored a double and had about 120, something mm. like that. So it really bumped up his average in that respect. But he can do it. And we know that the Chooks are a really good attacking side. So, um, again, probably one for the draft players a little bit more uh, as a bit of a smoky in that, in that game. But he should have Cordner's... Starting spot, so it could be a very sneaky pot if you wanted to go that route. That's it, 250-odd K cheaper than um, Angus Crichton and playing in the same attacking weaponry uh, unit that he that uh, Crichton is. So a bit of a discount, but um, yet to be seen whether he can be a genuine, consistent option. Um, some of the cows, mate, let's go through them quickly here. The Roosters have got a fair few um, possibly lining up, if not round one, at some point during the year. Firstly, Lachlan Lamb, you've got him down in the starting um, halves jersey. So he comes in 310K, so a bit, um, bit more higher price than we we would have liked, but uh, a fair bit to like about this guy. He's filled in pretty well when he's been given the chance. This year looks to be his uh, potential breakout year. Yeah, mate. I'm, uh, I've been doing what I can to up Matt Moylan to Lachlan Lamb. He's all but confirmed in the number six. I think I saw an article this afternoon where Robinson's come out and said that Curie will be in the number seven. Lachlan Lamb will be his partner at the six. Um, 
He played seven games last year and five of those were off the bench and he still averaged 35 points per game um, as a as a utility. Um, he played, so two starting games and one other game where he had an extended run, um, filling in for a friend, I believe, um, and he went at 56 points per game. So, again, roughly 20 points discounted on um, his starting average. That's you know that's a good what 150k that you're probably banking just for him running across the um, onto the field, and again he's going to be having the, the likes of um, uh, Crichton running outside him, I believe, and um, probably a few easy try assists from just linking up with himself and Tedesco. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, um, you know, fair, fairly big shoes to fill on that Roosters half spot there. So 310K, it's not without, well, so more that he's coming into a side that's, um, you know, premiership heavyweights. So it's a fair way to go from fill-in option to, to regular starting half. So I think um, makes it a bit more difficult super coach-wise to insert yourself into that. Um, those attacking stats kind of thing. But if he's got the cattle around him, as you said, then um, the triasis should flow eventually, if not from the get-go. Um, anyone else there? It's a, a name that everyone's spoken about for a number of years, and he hasn't even played a game of rugby league in the first grade, but Joseph Suwali, uh, he's he's down as a one to watch here. Unlikely to, that he gets a spot in round one, but um, the 17-year-old sounds like he's going to play at some point this year. Yeah, from what I can gather from the comments made about Suwali, apart from being an absolute gun, is the reason that the Roosters want the exemption to let the 17-year-old play this year is to get a bit of run in him at NRL level so he can take over from uh, potential Brett Morris retirement next season. Um, So he's going to be spot played by the sounds of it. So he'll come in as uh, the 17th man on just a few occasions throughout the year to get a little bit of experience. So I don't think he's someone you can start with. Mm. Um, He's not going to get any sort of extended run unless... Plenty are, plenty are. No, no. Yeah, I think everyone's just seen the name and, and probably popped him in at that um, center wing spot there, 173K. I think he was in Fox Sports, predicted round one team, but I don't know where they got some of those names from. So uh, tread carefully. This could be an AE nightmare scenario despite how good he might be. Yeah, so he's going to be a star from all reports, but it's not going to be this year. Yep, fair call. Anyone else from the Chooks, mate, before we move on to the Tigers to wrap up? Just Sam Walker is a name to keep an eye on. He's um, very firmly in the halves discussions there at the Roosters for the long-term halfback. But, um, again, he hasn't played any sort of first-grade footy before um, and he just looks like he's going to be eased into it. So he won't be there round one, I don't think. And a lot of people have him on the bench at the moment. They're going to carry him in as a NPR. So uh, you just don't know when he's going to get a run. He, he should at some stage, but how long are you going to carry a guy that's not earning any money? Yep. Very risky proposition from round one. You're kind of relying on other players to fall over. So I agree there. It's a bit of a risk 
Uh, mate, the West Tigers, the Far West Tigers, we've got them down to finish 15th, but they're not without their super coach relevance this year. And if I just look down the predicted starting 17, um, let's just reel off some of the names that we've got here that a fair few have in their side. Firstly, Dane Laurie, new signing from the Penrith Panthers. He's predicted to start in the fullback jersey, although a little bit of conjecture about whether Mbai will be yeah, moved so there. Since uh, this has come out, there's been a few more reports that say they're just going to ease Laurie into it. So looks yeah. like Mbai's going to be at the starting one and potentially Jock Madden playing in the, the six next to Luke Brooks. All right. Yeah, so hopefully uh, Laurie at some point gets a crack there. But if he was starting fullback, he's out and out, get him in your side. But uh, remains to be seen what comes Teamless Tuesday. Um, David Norfoluma, James Roberts, uh, Jacob Little, Joe Offerhengawe, he was a uh, sleeper candidate that you'd named. Sean Bloor, he's at second row, potential there. Alex Twal, favourite from last year, he's uh, should have that starting lock spot back. Jake Simpkin, cheapy hooker on the bench there. And Stefano Utoikamanu. So a lot of... Uh, potential cheapy options there and even obviously the gun with with nofo there so the fair bit to get through here i think with the tigers despite their lowly position predicted on the ladder uh firstly like the others let's start with the gun david norfoluma talk to me about why you should get him in from round one. Oh, why i think it's easy to ask why you wouldn't and there's not many reasons to say why you shouldn't except that he's very expensive um mm-hmm. but you're not going to be disappointed having him He's, you know, almost 700K, and that's a lot of money to pay for a center wing from the start of the year. But um, name another center wing that's going to average 70 points per game. You just There's no one else out there. Justin O'Neill. Justin O'Neill. Justin O'Neill. No, in this game, in NRL, not on the PlayStation or anything. He killed it in that 2015 grand final, but no, fair call. Um, we do talk about, mentioned before, Nathan Cleary and James Tedesco. You build your sides around them. Uh, or do you zig and go a guy like Nofo, who um, basically, well, from what we saw last year, just can't go a game without busting 10 bloody tackles and um, doing what he can do even when he's not scoring tries. I think that's the biggest thing for, for me with Nofo is that even when he doesn't cross the line, he's still busting tackles and just making those incredible runs yeah. and racking up the points that way. So he's, there's no real down weeks. He seems to have a floor around 60 points per game, mm. um, and which is just sensational. Some second rowers don't have that sort of consistency. So Nofo really just gets in there, and you're not going to be disappointed having him except that he's going to really restrict your budget to get some other guns in other areas. And um, But it could work out for you. You know, Nobody else is jumping on him from the start of the year. He could be your pod that just dominates for you from round one, gets you off to a flyer. That's it. I mean, a proven performer in that spot there when there's a fair bit of, um, I mean, there's a lot of cheapies that are potentially going to start there, but do you just lock in the gun from round one thinking that everyone's going to have to end up going for him anyway? And does he, you know, he could go up and down in price there a little, but based on what he's shown over the last season or two, I think um, it's safe to say he'll um, remain that A rating for the rest of the year. A couple of, uh, they're not guns, but they're, they're A gradings that you've got in the guide here so sean bloor let's start with him he's gonna uh, basically steal uh, the second row spot to start the year so if he does uh everyone should have him in yeah i think so he um i think you've got to get him just for the fact that he he went toe-to-toe with nathan brown in his very first game in the nrl didn't he like loved that he loved that brilliant and um just show that the, the young man is not 
um, going to take a step backwards. But so he played five games last year, mostly off the bench, all off the bench, I believe. Um, 26 average, 210K, but um, looks like he's uh, all but locked up a starting spot, stealing um, that from Luke Garner. So he should be looking mm. at, you know, instead of 26 minutes a game, you'll be looking at 60, 65, 70 minutes a game. Like Luke Garner from the, a couple of years back, just get him in. I think um goes without saying. 210K, it's a very small price to pay for a starting second rower. Jacob Little, uh, hooker only, 247K. Without Harry Grant, they do regress a little bit here, but Jacob Little finally gets his chance to stake a claim. Um, no question marks about him. Is he going to be number nine to start the year? He will be. He will be. Um, I can see Simkin there on the bench, but I can also see uh, once Laurie gets put into the fullback position, then uh, Mboy comes on as your your 14. But Little should be playing the majority of the hooker minutes there, taking over from Harry Grant. And he's not going to be Harry Grant. Nobody should be expecting that, least of all the Tigers fans. But... Um, you know, he'll put up 50 points per game, I think, as as your bench hooker. He's going to make you a bit of cash. He's going to get some scores ticking over, something steady. It does have a propensity for an injury, but, you know, if you can get five or six games out of him before that happens, then you can flick him for somebody else potentially. Mm. But, yeah, he should be a nice little earner. Yep. Unless you're starting with Cook and Grant as your hooking combo, well, then you've got this guy inside. I, have him, I don't think. I say there is a few other options there that you can have. Like you said, Connor Watson's available at hooker and um, Lachlan Lamb, who we just spoke about before, he can be put into the hooker spot if need be. So there are a couple other options there, but you know, there's not a lot of options down at 5'8 either. So if you want a cheapie at 5'8, you put those guys down there and you can start with Little at the top. And uh, his deputy that looks to start the year with Jake Simpkin, as you mentioned, he's going to start bargain basement. Um, only risk there, I mean, it sounds like he should get the 14 jersey, but as you said, if Dane Laurie comes into the fullback spot, does Embi then go back as their utility, given his um, ability to play centre fullback halves, hooker, whatever it might be? Does that mean Simpkin's time in the grade might not be that long? Yeah, I can see Simpkin not getting the start from round one. Um because he's he's a young guy. He's he's from all reports is a real talented player, and he's going to be their their hooker for a long, long time. But he was supposed to be playing in the junior grades last year. That all got wiped out for COVID. So he hasn't played any footy for you know sixteen months since the end of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So there could be a bit of an adjustment period for him there as he gets used to the bigger bodies hitting him and you know, him hitting them and so to speak. So he may not be in the 14 come round one, but I think they they should have him there or thereabouts. And another cheapie I've got down here, mate, uh, obviously a name we've seen over the last season or two, Stefano Utoikamano, he's fun to say. Uh, 188K he starts. He had a couple of three games last year, moved over from Parramatta, looks to have at least a bench spot sewn up. So based on potential that he has that you might have seen, um, 1.79 points per minute in yep. his three games last year. Well, I think it um, he's, a, he's a safe play. Yeah, he played eight minutes a game. Last year, so it's nothing, you know. <laughs> no need for that sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's nothing to write about. But like, he he's such a highly um, rated prospect, and Parramatta did everything they could to hold on to him. But the Tigers, 
pried him from their grasp, um, brought him over. And you think with everything they threw at him to get him there, they're going to play him some minutes, and they should. He's he's a really good under eighteen New South Wales and Australian schoolboy rep. Um, he, as I said, he played minutes of one, eleven, and twelve in his three games. So just went out there and threw everything he could at you know the the short stints that he had, but comes to a team that has no Josh Alloway or um, Matt Eisenhuth anymore, um, and potentially Musgrove mm. um, after his indiscretion the other day. So there are minutes up for grabs. Um, I know Tarmau and Joe O uh, joined the ranks, but they're not huge minute eaters themselves. Um, Tuwal's there playing in the lock, so he's not going to steal anything. But Tamo averaged just 43 minutes per game last year. So there are minutes there for Steph to um, to, to benefit a little bit from. It's late, man. It's mm. late. I can't get my tongue around it. Had a few it hasn't taken long for our first name butchering of the uh, 2021 season. And I'm happy like to wear you. that one. Um, yeah, cool. As you said, we're, we're uh, going overtime here. Let's go through the last couple of sleepers that you've got here. James Roberts. So, geez, Jimmy the Jet, he's fallen a little bit in this game here, 278K. Should have the starting center spot there, but do you trust him? Uh, I don't, really. Uh, I'm very tempted. I'm extremely tempted. But his last two mm-hmm. years, he's he's gone at a 35 and a 42 average. Can be an absolute game breaker. You and I were at a game um, at Suncorp where he torched the Roosters, that huge run that he had down the right wing. Um, basically, yep. just it was under eight's footy. The whole sides were in the middle of the field and he ran to the sideline and ran around him. Um, That's so it. it can be a game breaker, but just needs to get his head on right. And um, Wayne Bennett couldn't do it for him, so I'm not sure about um, Madge either. So we'll see what he can get. I like that. Wait and see for this guy. 278K. If he starts the year off on an absolute tear, can you pick him up in that round three spot? But for now, a bit of a risk. So I'd wait and see despite the price tag for a fallen gun. And uh, a guy that you touted in the Sunday pod that we did, Joe Offerhen Gowes, a new signing from the Broncos there. As you said, not a lot to like about them last year, but uh, with a fair few outs in that prop forward column there, Joe O could start. Um, yeah, potential bit of uptick in his value here. What do you like about him? Yeah, he, he had a bad year. Um, he's traditionally been a bench guy for the Broncos with all the signings that they always tend to have, the, the forwards that they have. Um, so he had a down year and still went at um, 0.8 points per minute across 48 minutes. So only down at a 38 average. Um, but you look back at 2019, he was at f- um, 48 points per game at a 1.12 point per minute. Um, the year before that, he was at 1.02, then 1.25, 0.96, and one flat for his career um, points per minute. So he was well down last year. If he can get back to that 1 to 1.2 range um, and he ups his minutes again as a starting prop for this Tigers side, it, he's criminally underpriced, I think, um, for what he can provide. 
dual positioning as well that is absolutely always handy in the super coach caper so yeah definitely one to keep an eye on there um joe O. uh anyone else from the t- tigers mate before we wrap up um no i mean they're a, they're a funny old side they're not gonna be world beaters they'll upset a few sides but they're one of those classic let's blood young guys and um provide a few super coach options for us and we love them for that, absolutely. Uh, Lakey, that's it. We've gone through the Knights, Raiders, Roosters and Tigers, first of the preseason pods for 2021. Finished with a couple of closing questions just for you. Uh, firstly, on your Supercoach side, who's the biggest gamble you've currently got? Uh, the biggest gamble I currently have on my side is not having Tedesco. Um, mm, you did mention it. Just touched on it before, but yeah. So that's just the way my side's set up at the moment. I don't have him. Um, I only had a look at the last three years when he's been at the Roosters, but his first game, uh, um, you know, round one games were 39, 23, and 35. And um, and then I looked at those first three opponents he's got coming up this year. The last four games he's had against Manly had gone for 85, 52, 113, and 48. And then he played the Tigers three times for 61, 68, 35. And he's played South. Six times, um, twice a year, 72, 103, 78, 23, 57, 60. So he's not exactly dominated any of the three teams. As much as they have a very tasty draw, he's not beaten those teams by any means. So I've got him out at Mm. the moment. I'm sure I'll change that, but um, just taking a huge gamble that he may not get out to a flyer um, and, and... you know, he's got a score at thir- 96 points per game or something to keep his score up where it, uh, his price up where it is. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. theoretically say he can't replicate that for the first couple of rounds. He's going to drop in price and I could potentially get him a little bit cheaper, but it's a huge risk. We've heard it all before, mate. You guys, you non-Teddy owners will spill it. Spin it any way you can just mm, to justify not having it. But I do like that. I do like that he doesn't have the uh, the you know cleanest record against some of those sides there. So, you know, you hang on to that hope. Hopefully for me, he goes ton, ton, ton. So we'll see how that uh, that plays out. And finally, Matt, I'm not going to make you sing like I did last yeah. year. Uh, instead, I'm going to do a would you would you rather to close this one out. Okay. Would you rather Kalen Ponga going to the All Blacks or signing Jake Granville like you wanted to a few years ago to play in your starting hooker spot? Oh, that's rough. Mm. I guess if we sign Granville, we keep Ponga. Is that right? Uh, I guess, sure. Yeah. But you've got Jake Granville then as your starting nine. Yeah. Yeah. I think going from a Braley down to uh, Granville is less of a drop-off than going from a Ponga to uh, Texoy potentially. So, yeah, I think we'll mm. sign Granville in that in that scenario, but I do not like it. Yeehaw, indeed, mate. Nothing wrong with a bit of Jakey G action. Premiership winner, something Caelan Ponga will never get close to. Lakey, it's been fun. <laughs> First preseason one out of the way. We've uh, we've gone over the hour mark, absolutely standard, half of the course for the SC report. Oh, mate, absolutely. Thankfully, it's an hour and 16 minutes you've got. You've got plenty of time over a number of commutes as we gear up to round one. Um, hopefully, you've uh, enjoyed the listen. There's a fair bit to go through. Obviously, it's all in the mega guide. So if you haven't picked one up yet, by all means, go to the site, NRL Supercoach talk.com follow all the details there 14.99 it's a couple of skewies not, not much at all and, and you get ring. access to every bit of info 
and a ring. We didn't mention that at the start, but Supercoach Champion Rings have provided a uh, Supercoach-themed ring valued at 99 bucks. So everyone who buys a copy of The Guide will go into the draw to win that. Um, looks pretty flash there, mate. I reckon I could uh, buy a few of those for some comps I'm in. Yeah, so uh, the NRL Supercoach Talk Twitter today just put up a, a post with it and a picky. So if you haven't seen it, go have a look on Twitter. And it, they look real flash. They're nice. Mm, very good indeed i look forward to wearing that when we meet up at magic round anyway mate it's been fun i will catch you probably next week when we go through the gauntlet of mega guide riders but for now i bid you a good yeehaw thanks Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.